Thank you for listening to this message from Resurrection Life Church in Granville, Michigan. I got to tell you, it's been a pretty big week for me. I spoke in Fort Myers this past weekend. I'm headed to Dallas, Texas to speak this coming weekend. But I, I, I'm not just saying this. And so I'm speaking here on Wednesday night. This is my favorite of all three. And it's because it's, because it's kind of like we're family. Um, I, I love being here and my kids love being here and we feel so welcome here. And I do enjoy speaking other places, but another reason I love speaking here, I'm home in 30 minutes. I love it. It's awesome. But my favorite day of the week is uh, yesterday, was yesterday, because there's a picture coming up. My first little granddaughter, yeah, yeah, her name is Naya Marie, and uh, my daughter, Christina Marie, the daughter of my wife, Jane Marie, uh, uh, all little Maries. And so that's our first little granddaughter. She was born yesterday. I think she weighs like 90 pounds. It's awesome. It's a great thing. We're we're thrilled to have her in the family, and so I'm pretty excited. My wife's not with me tonight. She was going to come, but she's watching that little girl's brother, so she's busy tonight. I'm going to talk to you about how sometimes in life you have to make a U-turn. Jane and I travel a lot. We um, drive a lot. If it's a short trip, I consider six hours very short. If it's a six-hour trip, we always drive. I don't fly because it's not worth going through the airport for six hours. So we'll drive. Last couple weekends ago, we drove to Missouri. I had to do a wedding about halfway between here and Missouri, so that's like a ten-and-a-half-hour drive. And I recall not too long ago, I was trying to remember. I can't remember exactly how long it was, but we were on a road trip like that, going somewhere I was speaking. We stopped at a little rest stop, you know, got to use the restroom, get a little drink or something, and got back in the car, and she fell asleep. And I started daydreaming. I'm driving, but I'm not thinking. I'm just driving. Jane woke up about an hour later, and she looked over at me, and she said, Where are we? And I said, I have no idea. He said, well, what road are we on? I said, I have no idea. She said, aren't you paying attention? I am not. <laughs> so we finally came up on the next sign and realized I had driven on the wrong road for one hour. So we lost two hours. She was not happy. And you know what happens when that occurs is you got to make it... You got to make a U-turn. I can't stay on the wrong road and eventually get to the place I want unless I'm going to go around the globe. Are any of y'all on a wrong road tonight? Are you going down a path that if you honestly could face yourself in the mirror and be honest with yourself, is this the right road that you're on? Because I've got good news for you tonight, and I want to tell you, God allows U-turns. You could make a muck out of your life for three years, and God says, I can redeem you. You might be here tonight, and you have been going down a road that's not a road you should be on, and you've been going down that road 50 years. I don't get it. It's why God is God. He says, I can forgive you and put you on the right road. God allows U-turns. I'm going to tell you a little story. The story is found in Acts 
chapter 3, if you'd like to follow along. I'll eventually read Acts 3.16, Acts 3.19, right in that area. But I want to tell you Acts chapter 3 up to that point. Peter and John are walking down the road, and they're headed to the temple to pray, and it's 3 o'clock in the afternoon. A pretty routine thing they did. We came here to church, 6.30 Wednesday night. It's what we do. Well, they went and prayed at the temple at 3 o'clock in the afternoon. It's what they did. And they're on their way to do that, and there was this beggar that had been carried and sit right here in this spot by the gate called Beautiful. At the temple to beg. That's how this beggar made his living. Some of y'all might have seen this. In Holland right now, there's a place, and I live in Holland. There's this place I go where Jane and I drive by. Almost every time now, there's a guy standing there that has a sign that says, Need money, have no family, I'm hopeless. It's the beggar. I pass him too. This message fits 2015. This beggar sitting there, and he's crippled. He can't walk. He's been carried in and set down to bring in money. That's how he makes income. Peter and John walk by him, and he's begging, just as he always has done and just as he always plans to do. Peter and John are walking by. The beggar says, money, give me money, man, and money. Homeless, need help. Peter and John are walking, and you know Peter. He's always spouting off. Peter looks at the guy and says, I tell you what, buddy. I don't have any silver, and I don't have any gold. But what I got today, I'm in a good mood, and I'm going to give it to you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, stand up and walk. Are you kidding me? This beggar's never had anybody say that to him. They'll, they'll say either no money or ignore him totally. But this, this man, Peter, looked at him and said, stand up and walk. And the Bible says he reached down and took his hand. And, and the lame, crippled beggar stood up. And the Bible says that instantly, right in the moment, his ankles and his legs just got strength. Now, I'm asking you to put yourself in that story. Robin sits down here. I told her beforehand that she always greets me. I always give her a smile and a hug. She's such a nice lady to me and probably to a lot of you. She gets this story better than anybody here. She gets it. She would understand what it would feel like right now to stand up on her legs and have strength to walk. It would be amazing. In fact, if the Lord chooses to do it during this service, we'll all be pretty excited. And so will you. And I want you to try to imagine tonight if this were to happen and she stood up and started walking across, you're completely healed. Come on, let's just be honest. We would be going, wow. Same thing happened there. You don't sit there and go, oh, look, that cripple guy, he's really bad. He just stood up and walked, whoopee-doo. You don't do that. You get pretty excited, and that's exactly what happened right by there by Solomon's colonnade, what it was called, the whole east side of the temple. And, I mean, people started, look, they knew this guy. They had seen him. He had begged them for money, too. 
And the Bible says, and this is probably my favorite part of the story, the guy started walking with it. They were kind of holding on to his hands. They were walking with it. At first it said it was walking, and then reading Scripture it says he started jumping. Of course he did. You know, at first you're just testing him out. I'm sure he was like, okay, is this really real? Okay, I guess it is. I mean, you know, you, we would do it too. Robin would do it too. It says it's what you would do if all of a sudden your legs were healed. Started jumping. And here's what's funny. So the people, like us here, began to just be amazed. And they started gathering more and more, and more and more people heard it, and the rumors spread, and the crowds began to grow. And Peter, Peter looked out at the crowds, and they were trying to do that thing we like to do as humans. They were trying to give some glory to him and John. Have you ever noticed this? We, we like, instead of glorifying God the Father, we sometimes, we sometimes, we like to worship men and women. Even great leaders in the faith would go, oh, they are so wonderful. No, no, listen, we are not wonderful. The God we serve is wonderful. We just get to be used by him. So make sure, y'all please make sure you never worship man or woman. Worship God. He won't let you down. And Peter and John were standing there, and all these people began to kind of go, wow, look what these guys can do. They can heal people. Whoa, this is amazing. And Peter, as was always true for him, just kind of said what he thought, you know. Peter looked at this crowd of people, and he goes, basically, in 2015, here's the word he used. Really? Really, you people are going to come here and get all excited about this? And then he, he turned on them, guys. This crowd of people would not have liked Peter. He looked at them and he says to them, Really? Do you guys not realize that this was done in the name of Jesus Christ? The one that you just killed? You big crowd that have gathered here and you're loving this. And you're going, wow, this is amazing. Jesus came to do this for you guys and you killed him. You chose Barabbas. You swapped a prisoner who was guilty and let him loose and killed Jesus, the healer, the savior, the great one. He, he, he just kind of told him like it was. Let me put it in 2015. So if I'm Peter tonight, I'm, I'm not, I'm Dan. But if I was Peter... I would say this to y'all. Anybody here who isn't following Jesus the way y'all, with whole heart, I would say to you, you serious? You have heard the message of the gospel for hundreds of times. You know about Jesus. You know he's the healer. Really? You still need to hear another message? Why don't you just act on what you know? That's what he would say. And he looked at this whole crowd of people. And really what I like in this passage is in Acts chapter, Acts chapter 3 and verse 19, he says this. Repent then and turn to God so that your sins may be wiped out and the times of refreshing may come from the Lord, that he may send the Christ who has been appointed for you, even Jesus. He said to that crowd, repent and turn, make a U-turn. You've been living your way. You killed the Messiah. It's time for you to make a U-turn. And here's what I would say to you. The first thing he said was, you turn in. You turn in. And tonight I'm going to ask you for just a moment with me to take a little look inside your life. 
Are you living in such a way as fully to honor Jesus? Or do you have any... You say, Dan, I'm not on the, I'm not on the real, I'm not really on the wrong road. I just got a couple of side roads that I go off on every now and then. I, I'm still on the main like Jesus lane. I'm good with that. But I got these little things. These little like appendage roads. And I would say to you, let's turn in a second and see if there's any part of our life where we need to repent. Do you have an ill will against anyone tonight? Jesus would say, repent. Ask me to forgive you. Who's interested? Pastor Scott just told you, if you have anything, about to give an offering, have anything, go out there and find them and say, I'm sorry. <laughs> Throughout his word, Jesus is teaching us, repent. Boy, it's not, it's not a big, have you seen any billboards lately just repent? You know, it's not a big word. You haven't heard a politician saying, one of my platforms, by the way, is I'm going to repent. Because all of us, maybe there's a couple of like true saints here. But for most of you, if you're like me, you got a couple of little side roads. I heard about this guy. He had kind of let himself go a little bit and got really overweight. He began to smoke. And he was just messing his body up. And he went to visit his doctor to check on how he was doing health-wise. And his doctor was this little fit, trim guy. And his doctor began to tell him, you need to work out more. You need to watch what you eat. He's going over a list of all these things. He finished his whole list, and he looked at this guy that was letting himself go, this little fit, trim doctor. And he said to him, well, sir, I've told you now what you need to do. What are you going to do about it? And the guy said, I'll tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to find me a really fat doctor that smokes. That's what I'm going to do. And that's, you know, you know honestly, that's kind of what we would rather do. You, 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 let, let me give you an example. Um, I, I'm doing the main road with Jesus. I'm, I'm following him. I mean, I go to church and all I'm paying my tithe, doing all that stuff. I just got this one little road. But then... I got two or three little church friends, and we all we all enjoy this little road, and they kind of think it's okay too. That's like doing that with a doctor. I, hey, listen to me, listen to me. If you look long enough, you'll find somebody that'll go a side road with you. There are some of you right now. You're maybe twenty and younger, and you know that you need to hang out with some different people than you're hanging out with, but it. It's just what you want to do. Okay, just remember the phrase. It was what you wanted to do. See, we don't, we don't like to change. Repentance brings change. Now, here's what's funny. <laughs> I'll just tell you from personal experience. There's never been anything in my life that after I repented of it and changed that I went, shoot, I still wish I was doing that. I haven't had that. You, you turn your life and yield it to God, and then you go, why did I fight this so long? This is pretty doggone good. Because it's humanity, see? We don't like to give in. I was talking to somebody the other day, and they said, I'll admit I'm wrong when I think I am. And I, I looked at them I'm like, did you really just say that? You realize you never think you're wrong, right? The first thing we need to do is to repent, and that means looking in here, looking in your soul. Tonight, I, it's a very simple message. I want to give you a chance to do a U-turn and say, Jesus, forgive me. 
we're, we're going to do it kind of normally you do this at the end of the message. I'm going to stop right now and pray. And I'm going to invite you just in your heart to say, Jesus, forgive me. Lord, I pause right in this message. If there are U-turns that need to be taken right now, some side road or maybe the main road, you are the one who asks us to repent. It's not our idea, it's yours. Repent and turn from evil ways. Turn from things that are harming us. Jesus, forgive us our sins. Help us to remember when you died on the cross, you did it to cover all of our sins, whether we've done them for one year, one day, or 30 years, doesn't matter. You forgive us. Tonight, in this room, forgive us our sins and help us to begin to walk with you in a way that is pleasing and honoring. And I ask this in the mighty blood and name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Be clean. Because when you turn in, the next I'm going to challenge you in this scripture. It says, repent and turn so that your sins may be wiped out. What's it? And times of refreshing may come from the Lord. When you repent and turn and look at the inside of your life and you turn, then times of refreshing come on your life. And here's what I'm going to tell you I've discovered about me. I've found that I'm most refreshed when I'm not focused and thinking about Dan Siebel all the time. But look, I turn out. So you turn in first and then you turn out. Do you know when I really feel good about my life? When I'm helping other people. When you turn out. I am told, I, read, I just read a little story about this. We have 600, on average, opportunities a day to influence somebody's life. 600! I bet most of us today go, boy, I missed out on, let me think, 100% of those. We miss them. They come so simply. They come in moments. But we're so busy to get that next thing. and Because and, and, we got to go get our thing. i got to look at my life. And i got to every now and then realize Dan Seawar needs to turn out to influence others. I, I remember, I don't know why this story stuck with me, but when my son Josh, who's planning a church in New Jersey now, when he was six or so, I took him for what he called a hair's cut. I would always tell him, Josh, it's time to go get your hair cut. And he said, Dad, that's not what it is. Little boy, Dad, that's not what it is. I'm like, Josh, we're going to go get your hair cut. No, Dad, they're not going to just cut one hair. They're going to cut all my hair. So it's a hair's cut. I'm going to get my hair's cut. And he always said, Dad, can I go get a hair's cut? Became his little thing. So we had gone to the hair's cut place. And... I, he's a little boy, six. I took him back into the lady, and I think back in the day they called him hairs cutters. Now they call him stylist. But anyway, I took him over to the stylist, and I kind of just went over here, sat down, was sitting in the lobby, just, you know, reading my book, doing whatever I was doing. All of a sudden, Daddy! I was like, I'm right here, Jay. That's why I called him Josh. I'm right over here. Daddy! Screamed three times, Daddy! I thought she was cutting his ears off. Like, Josh, I'm right here. What is it, son? Relax. What is it? And she said, I don't know. He stopped. He said, Daddy. I said, what, Josh? Six. Daddy, I love you. And I remember I was like, oh, my goodness gracious. The lady cutting his hair said, can, sir, can you come over here? I walked over next to her. I said, yes, ma'am. She said, I always wanted to hear that as a little girl, and I never heard it. 
what did you do to make him feel that way about you? And I had the opportunity to say, well, you know, I'm, I'm certainly not a perfect man, but I'm a Jesus follower, and I've tried to teach my children about Jesus, and I've tried to teach them what... That was an encounter. That was a moment. And I don't know that style. So I have no idea. I don't, I don't, I don't know if I've ever seen her, seen her since. But here, here's what I'm saying to you. When, you're not, when you look out, maybe the Lord today will use a little moment like, Daddy! You know, some of you guys got kids that you thank God they're in the nursery because they go, Daddy, Mama! My grandson Jackson has stayed with us for the last 24 hours. I'm ready for Mama to come get him. I'm tired. But those little encounters are happening all day long. Did you miss yours today? Was there somebody who could have benefited from running into you today, but you were so busy that you missed that opportunity? Times of refreshing come when we don't just focus on ourselves. And then the word of God says, repent and turn so that your sin may be wiped away. Times of refreshing may come and you may sin and that, and that he, the spirit, may send Christ who has been appointed for you, even Jesus. Watch this. If you turn in and then you turn out, what you find is everybody needs to. You ready? Turn up. You get that? You turn in then you turn out and we all turn up. Say it one more time. You get this. Tonight, we, we did the turn in. I've asked you to go out of here and turn out so that we can lead a society around us that needs to see Jesus. We all need to go out and turn up. And I'm saying to us tonight, God is looking for some people who will turn up to him all day long. Y'all don't know this. I'm going to tell you something. I have a buddy that lives in Tennessee. And he uh, he travels and his job is to put together these platforms, this stuff right here, for musicians. It's in Tennessee. It's a good place to be near the Nashville area. It's what he does for a living. He's probably 40. He's on the worship team. He's a single dad. When I go down there and preach at this church, and I go there a couple times a year, a buddy of mine runs this church, and I go down a couple times a year, he'll, his little boy will come back in the green room, I'll talk to him, and the dad's right there, he plays the guitar. This dad, his latest gigs, has been setting up this for Drake, the rapper. Now, most of you in here would know that. Those of you over 50, he's a, he's a rapper. He's a rap, and that means just music that, you know, irritates you. That just, he's a rapper. Very famous rapper. Very popular rapper. Makes a ton of money. This guy told me. In fact, he told, and I went back down the next trip. I said, I want to ask, I said, because I'm going to start talking about this when I travel and speak. I want to check make sure I didn't mishear you. He goes, nope, you heard me right. He said, before Drake performs, and he said, he'll decide if he performs or not. He said, Dan, I've set up venues for 50,000 people, and he decided that night he didn't want to perform, so he just left and did not perform. He said, the guy does what he wants to do. And he said, he has 26 people that he has hired to travel with him, and before he performs, they set him up in the round, and the people stand and worship him. 
He said, they worship him, saying, oh, Drake, like, he said, I watch. It's like we worship Jesus. He requires them to worship him. Before he performs, he has to be worshiped. And those of you who are Drake fans, you know, don't, don't dislike me. I'm just trying to tell you what, what it is. Listen, Drake has never met the Lord Jesus Christ. He, he would realize he doesn't need to be worshipped. He needs to be worshiping God the Father. And see, it, this guy said he finds his self-esteem in needing to be worshipped. He can't perform until he's been worshipped. He said, Dan, I've watched it. I've sit and watched it. It's just crazy. And I want to just say to you, listen, this is why I told you the story. Let's be careful in our lives, in our life. Listen, listen, be, listen to me very carefully. All of us sometimes have a little Drake in us. We like to be worshipped. It, it's real. We can be like, I'm, you, people start telling you how awesome you are and you start believing. It's like, well, I guess I am somebody. <laughs> I didn't think I was a nobody, but I guess I'm starting to be somebody. We, we all got a little Drake in us. We like it. And Jesus says, man, if you do that, Peter say, y'all going to go kill the Messiah again. And he's saying, instead of killing Messiah, why don't you kill that thing in yourself that wants to be worshipped? Why don't you lay down your life? So that we came here tonight to be reminded we worship the one true God. We don't worship each other and we don't worship men and women. We worship God. And it's funny because this message is so relevant Ooh, it's 7.30. All right, I'll wrap up real quick. I only got like an hour left. So anyway, I... Sorry. I got to at least show you something because I... Do we have the little video? Uh, Tom Brady, right now he's in the middle of it with Deflategate. I get all that. But he's a pretty famous guy. He, he's got a lot of money. He's in Drake League. And he was being interviewed over 60 Minutes. Maybe some of you saw it. But I want you to see this little snip of what he said. Can we show it just for a second? It's Brady just kind of talking about his life and his success and his fame. And I want you to see what he said. He doesn't have the Peyton Manning. And he doesn't have tattoos. And he doesn't take steroids. And he's never held out for more money. All he knows how to do is win. <laughs> it's what you always wanted. <laughs> You're right. You're right. It has. And I didn't think it came with all the other baggage, though. In addition to his success on the field and his sex appeal off it, there is also the $60 million 10-year contract to play with the Patriots. I mean, I'm making more money now than I ever thought I could ever make playing football. <laughs> but with all that money, fame, and career accomplishments, we were surprised to hear this from him. Why do I have three Super Bowl rings and, and still think there's something greater out there for me? I mean... Maybe a lot of people would say, hey, man, this is what it is. I reached my goal, my dream, my life is me. I thank God. It's got to be more than this. What's the answer? I wish I knew. I wish I knew. Okay, you cut it right there. D do you guys hear that? He's got all the fame, all the money, everything else, and he's telling you, I feel empty. And here's why. He's not turning. Did y'all get that? He's, I said it real squealy. He's not turning up. I want you to leave here tonight making some U-turns. And I want you to realize all God's looking for is some true worshipers. And I want him to know he's got a whole bunch of them right here at Res. And you come to church on Wednesday night, I'm guessing you're pretty serious. 
So I'm asking you to take this out of here tonight and don't live Brady-like, don't live Drake-like, live Jesus-like. For more information about Res Life, please visit our website at reslife.org. If you have questions about Res Life or would like directions to visit us, please feel free to call 616-534-4923.